You're listening to Steady Picks Radio. Steady Picks is your source for industry-leading sports betting data and the latest news and information to help you bet smarter and start winning. Go to www.steadypicks.com to learn all the ways that you can listen to Steady Picks Radio and let our expert hosts help you win some money. Remember, betting is more fun when you win. Steady Picks Radio, wake up and wager. Good morning, welcome into the show. It's uh, the first show of August, believe it or not. Tom, Ricky, we're your hosts. Ricky, good morning. How are we doing today? Good, good morning, Tom. How are you? Just lovely, just lovely. And uh, a lot to get to today, a lot of good stuff over the weekend. I went one and one on Saturday at my plays. We'll recap uh, the Steady Picks plays as well. Any plays that Ricky might have had. Um, the trade deadline through the MLB on Friday afternoon. We'll get to some of the highlights there. Some news around the NFL. One of our favorite players here on the show. Uh, we'll touch on that. I've got two plays i've got a two unit play today and two plays otherwise a two unit i got a two unit play today oh it's gonna be a good day it's a big one uh, it was almost a three unit play that's how um, confident i was you know one thing when when you roll out a two unit play people listen it's a rare thing <laughs> So we'll get to all of that, but SteadyPicks.com, it's completely free to sign up. So sign up today gives you access to everything we have to offer. Best bets from uh, myself, from Ricky, but most importantly from the SteadyPicks system plays. It's all completely free. Articles from Long Ball Picks over on Twitter and Instagram. He's fantastic. Um, articles from Donnie, Big John. You really can't beat it. So SteadyPicks.com, it's completely free to sign up. Ricky, where do you want to start this morning? Let's let's dive into some baseball right away, Tom. This two-unit play's got my attention. Let, let's go right into that. All right. A lot of trades around the trade deadline. Uh, all kinds of stuff got moved around. Teams that we had talked about, Ricky, being buyers, ended up being buyers. Some of the teams we thought would sell did indeed sell, but there were some surprises mixed in. Um, Obviously, the Dodgers and the Giants potentially got the best of everyone. Those damn Dodgers. The Dodgers, the Yankees may have gone out and just outbought everyone. Um, one guy that I thought the Phillies should consider, uh, was Craig Kimbrell, who went to the White Sox, uh, for a couple of nobodies to the Cubs. So 
I thought that was a really good move for the White Sox to go get Kimbrel. Um, uh, hey Tom, to pause on the Yankees for a second, yeah, because last week we we locked in that uh that futures ticket at plus sixteen hundred on Fanduel for the Yankees to win the AL mm-hmm. by Friday afternoon when the trade deadline had uh, come to an end. The Yankees were at plus nine fifty, so we got uh, over six hundred, well, like plus six fifty in in the difference of value, just putting the ticket in on Wednesday versus Friday for anyone who followed that. And that was something. literally such a good example of what you're trying to do in the futures market. That's the only way to win in the futures market is to beat numbers like that. It's to kind of feel ahead of what's happening. So we knew. The Yankees were going to buy at the break. That's what the Yankees do. They don't sell, that's for sure. So they were only going to get better. And But boy, oh boy, did they get better. <laughs> yeah, that that lineup is looking awfully scary, Tom. So they They're rolling up, now, too. And they picked up... Uh, I'm trying to find the best uh, way to go through this. I have all these trades with all these different teams, but... I need like a list of guys that the Yankees got, guys that the, you know. I think I remember like most of the key pieces. So the Yankees got uh, Anthony Rizzo mm-hmm. and they got Joey Gallo were their two big pieces. Yep. I'm not sure if there was anything else. Uh, like you said, the the Cubs sent Craig Kimbrell just right across to the White Sox, staying in Chicago there. Um, the Dodgers got Max Scherzer. They got Trey That's Turner. That's a huge one. A uh, really interesting note, Tom, that I just saw here. Fernando Tatis of the Padres is potentially out for the season. That oh, no. is big. Yeah. Not definite. They're saying they have, they're going to reevaluate his shoulder. But uh, potentially season-ending news for the That's best player terrible in baseball. for baseball, just period. Yeah, it is. Wow. With this all-star, I mean, Phillies Phillies bring back Freddie Galvis from the Orioles. <laughs> He's got to love that. Uh, so we go back and get Freddie Galvis. That's fantastic. Um, Your Giants, Tom. They go get Chris Bryant. That's a big move. It's a big move for the Giants, and they see the light at the end of the tunnel in this division. You know, they sat there and said, do we really have a chance to win this division? I think we do. Yes. Off they go. Yep. And uh, the Mets also acquire Javi Baez, which is a big move for them, Tom. He hit, a, he hit a home run, game-winning home run, I believe, in his first game. Oh, God. Yeah, that, that definitely uh, sparks that Mets lineup a bit. Yeah, now they'll have Lindor at short when he returns, and then Baez will move over to second base, most likely. He's a he can play anywhere too. Yeah. Baez, he's a stud player. So a lot of these guys, Tom, are rentals. They're essentially rentals for the rest of the season. Most of them are headed toward the open market, so worth noting too. Some of them aren't. Um, the The Phillies acquired 
uh, Kyle Gibson, I believe. Whippy do. And Kyle Gibson had uh, two years left on his deal, but Javi Baez, Chris Bryant, a lot of these big names, they're they're headed for free agency after the year. Which is really crazy when you think about just strategy overall for a team. Like you're giving away, I mean, essentially how this works is you're just giving away your prospects for these guys. You're giving away prospects for guys that could essentially maybe be with you for one season. Yeah, some some teams like to use this period to kind of like see if it works too. You know, maybe before they they look at it as before they write the big check, they can kind of get to know the guy, see how they fit in. So it's a good way to, to get your feet wet uh, with one of these free agents if you were interested in pursuing them in the offseason. Yeah, it's just a tough time. You got to, then you got to offer them a lot of money, and you know, longer than you than you normally want to. That's how uh, they get you. But this has yep. to be Ricky the best trade deadline in any sport that I can remember. Oh, I agree, Tom. I I can't remember any other year seeing like marquee names move the way they did. I mean, you've got some of baseball's biggest stars moving here. Baez, yeah. Scherzer, and Trey Turner. Trey Turner is like the fifth or sixth most in- interesting guy to get moved. And he's the second best shortstop in all of baseball. <laughs> and I believe he actually has a lot of years left on. Like, didn't he just sign a pretty big contract? Yeah, I think he did. So one other question that I had for you, Tom, with the Dodgers and the NL West specifically Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if going and getting Scherzer means that Trevor Bauer is not coming back. Because the way I see it, if you like the dot, not that you can ever have too much pitching, but that staff is now like seven deep. Yeah. In terms of their starters, they have like seven quality starting pitchers. So I wonder if, like I wouldn't I don't know that they even really needed the depth. I don't know the you know, maybe Kershaw's injury is a little more serious than they anticipated, but do you think that that move impacts uh Bauer, his return at all? It potentially does. I think the other piece of it maybe is the way that they play um postseason games now is a little bit like if you have seven starters deep that you can kind of play with you can throw two of those guys in the same game. Like you could literally go Kershaw for three in a, in a four innings and then Scherzer for three innings. And then they're all, they can both pitch again in like two days. <laughs> it does create some, uh, very unique strategy, I guess. And Tom, they got, I mean, Urias, they got Gonsolin, they got, uh, that guy may, they got David Price pitching pretty well. Like they're they're loaded. They're loaded. It might. It has to be up there with like one of the best teams we've ever like just roster wise, con- roster construction wise. Best team. Oh yeah. One of the best teams I've ever seen. Period. That's up there with the year that the Yankees went into their new stadium. They got Teixeira and all those guys. They loaded up. I agree with you. This is probably a top five most loaded team ever. I think this team's better than that Yankees one, team. This might be top one, Tom. 
<laughs> I do. I think so. I can't think of a team that even in like, you know, football, you don't get teams like this. Basketball, like you get your big three, but after that it sucks. Like this entire lineup, they have seven guys that would be number ones on any other team in the starting rotation. <laughs> Everyone else crazy. would crazy. They'd pretty much be a number one anywhere they went. They have a legitimate, complete 40-man roster of studs. It's just unbelievable. Powerhouse. But I, I just wanted to cover that because I felt that, uh, you know, that we should cover the, the trade deadline. Not that we're geniuses about uh, what this means for every team, but, man, was this the best trade deadline I have ever remember, ever. No, no question about that. But, Ricky, I've got two plays for today. I've got a two-unit play and a one-unit play. Um, to be honest, these were almost both uh, two-unit plays. Mm. I really like both of these plays, but the other one just didn't quite make the cut to be a two-unit. Um, but I really, really like both of these plays. Hit me with the first one. The one unit play. Yeah, hit, let's yeah, let's save the two unit for last. Hit me with the the first play, the one unit. My first play is the Seattle Mariners on the road plus 140 with Chris Flexen. Oh, I love this, Tom. I had this one tabbed out. We're really fading Michael Waka, who, as we've discussed before, is terrible. Um, really not not very good. He's ranked in, uh, under the 10th percentile of starters, according to my chart. Um, 5.67 expected ERA. You know, Everywhere you look, it's a bad number. I, I just don't think he's very good. He's got 13 starts this season. I just don't think he's that good. Chris Flexen's been a shining uh, star of of the Mariners. He's been excellent, or solid, I should say. 4.1 expected ERA. I actually played this game. Um, I did play this game on the first five. Plus 140. Mariners plus, uh, plus 140, first five. I really just want to. I want to fade Waka. I think they're going to hit the ball against Waka, but the Mariners' bullpen and and everything else, I don't necessarily trust. So I did go opt for the first five. So Mariners first five plus one forty is the number we got there. I like that play, Tom. A uh, couple couple other things worth noting in this matchup: the Mariners are four and zero. Against the Rays this season, they've really had their number. Chris Flexen, one of the most profitable pitchers in baseball mm-hmm. this season. Absolute cash cow, this guy. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Mariners, the most profitable team in baseball this season. Um, I, I love this, Tom. I've been fading the Rays a little bit the last like week or so, getting, getting my hand burnt. But I'm not going to back off of it. Uh, there's been so much value on the, the team they're playing against the last like three or four games. 
I'm going to keep uh, riding it and assume they're going to start dropping some of these. Yeah, and um, the only thing that scares me is a lot of people that I that I talk to and that I listen to say that uh, the Mariners have been a very lucky team so far this season. Just their overall hitting and pitching metrics, they should not be six games above 500. So that makes me a little bit nervous here, Ricky. Like um, Mark Borchard, who's on on Vsin a lot, he's constantly talking about how lucky the Mariners have been this season. For whatever that's worth, you know they still seem to be rolling along. I think Waka is awful. Tom, I would. That's the other thing I was going to say. I don't know if you know this, but you've faded Waka a lot this season. <laughs> He, I don't know what he did to you or or what, but that's a guy that you're religiously going against. Um, I have to pull some clips of the show of how many times we've we've knocked Michael Walker here. But hey, <laughs> you're staying true to it. Um, one thing, one other thing for the Mariners, they've got a couple guys banged up on the offensive side right now, like uh, Kyle Lewis, and you know some of their key mm-hmm. uh, hitters are out, but. They're they're scrappy, Tom. They're a scrappy team. They're hanging in there. So uh, I, I like this play a lot. Plus 140 on the first five against a guy like Michael Walker is a good play. And I do really like the first five uh, as well because the Rays are scrappy in those late innings mm-hmm. and they have a tremendous bullpen. So there's undoubtedly an advantage beyond yep. the fifth inning for the Rays in this one. Um, love the first five if you're going to take that game. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, the the other game that caught my eye, which I'll touch on, uh, just to, you know, just as I was going through the board, I like to share kind of what maybe I almost pulled the trigger on but didn't, and that was actually the Diamondbacks at home, uh, plus 135, plus 140 in that range um, against Desclafani and the Giants. I know it's, it's weird, but the, the Diamondbacks are actually pretty solid at home. Uh, if you're going to back them, it would be at home. And I think the price is just about right to do so if you wanted to. Um, but ultimately didn't make the cut. I just don't think Widener, uh, who is starting for the for the Diamondbacks, is just not very good. His, some of his advanced numbers that I pulled, and I, I pulled him through the chart, you know, my metric chart, he's pretty darn bad. Eight games started this season, uh, 5.9 expected ERA, expected slugging of 503, one of the worst in the league. He was just ultimately too bad to put any faith into. We'll say that. Yeah, I hear that. I, I won't bet on the Diamondbacks no matter what. Dog shit team. That's Absolute the kind of, but they're not shit. bad at home. Actually, Tom, they're really bad at home. They're 20 and 31 on the season. They're down over 10 units. They're really not very good at home. Even as a as a home underdog, they're 11 and 26, 29% win rate, down 13 units. But Ricky, they're 20 they're 20 and 31 at home. That means they're 11 or 12 and God, 50 on the road? Oof. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. 
They're, they if they win games, it's at home. The only time you can back them is at home. They're actually, I believe, the worst team in the history of baseball on the road. Um, they might they're they're in there. The Rockies are both the Diamondbacks and Rockies are gunning for that record this year, Tom. For uh, ro- awful road teams, but you're right. I see what you're saying in terms of where they do manage to win some games. It's uh, it's definitely at home. I think they've literally yeah, won hate them. ten games on the road this year. Like that's crazy. It's just that is crazy. Of. So sometimes I think the price is right for them at home. I thought it was here. It was pretty close, but Widener's just pretty bad. If it was somebody else, maybe we'd we'd take a shot on that. But that's one you did not pull the trigger on, correct? I did not. No. Okay. The two-unit play, though, Ricky. Oh, yeah. Let me hear. Let me hear. Do you have any guesses to what it might be? How about that? Let's let yeah. Let me let me look at this. Just take so a look let's down. See Tell me if yeah. Home divisional dogs are on the board real quick. So, I'll, let's go through game by game real quick, just to show everyone how well I can pull Tom's <laughs> game here. It's not the Cleveland Toronto game. No. It is not the Baltimore-New York game. Nope. Now, I want to say it's the Washington Nationals as a home divisional dog, but I don't think you're fading your your Phillies. So I'm going to actually say it's not that game either. It is indeed that game. Oh, then you know what? I got I to gotta stay true to the guess and say you're on the Nationals. Ricky, I'm on the Phillies. What the fuck? I'm on now? the Phillies for two units. Oh, gosh. Ranger Suarez? Ranger Suarez has not started a game this season. How about that? But his numbers are very, very good. I don't know how long they plan to pitch him today, uh, whether it'll be kind of a bullpen game, which could be trouble. But I think Suarez will get a couple innings. Tom, you and are making me nervous right out of the gate with the two-unit play. Ricky, let's flip to it. It's less about the Phillies. It's more about the Nationals. They just okay. sold everybody they had at the break. They've obviously decided to lay down in traffic here the second half of the season. They're just going to... Just gonna take a pound and go to next year. They sold all. They sold what they had. They sold it all. They really did. Josiah Gray, Ricky. In case you haven't heard of him, he stinks. He's twenty three years old. He's had one start this season. It's his rookie year. He's facing a really good batting lineup with the Phillies, and I think he's going to be in some serious, serious trouble. Um, he pitched a game against the um against the Giants. Well, he was with the Do- so he was with the Dodgers, but he pitched a game against the Giants, gave up four runs, three home runs in four innings, got pounded by the Giants. Then he faced the Rockies, same story, two home runs, three earned run, three earned runs, a bunch of hits in four innings. This dude just goes out and gives up bombs. And it's not going to be any different tonight. 
He's just not that good. He's just not that good. It's as simple as that. Suarez is really, really good. I think he'll have a nice little start here with a few innings, whatever we can get out of him. And, I, you know, Philly's lineup is good. Nationals just sold everybody. They obviously gave up. I think it's a great spot for the Phillies. So, Tom, the line's moving in your favor, which definitely it's more mm-hmm. than a 10-cent move, which checks one of your boxes. I could definitely, as I'm going through some of your signals here, aside from the players involved with the game, you know, just like the money movements and stuff like that, I see why it got your eye. There's a little bit of steam on the Phillies. However, Tom, I was taught by none other than yourself. (laughs) Home divisional dog. Home divisional dog. I know. I know. This might be the first two-unit play of Tom's that I ever don't bet just because I feel like your heart, your Phillies, Tom, your heart's involved here. It's not. It's not. It's not. The Nationals just sold everybody, Ricky. They don't have anybody left. They gave up everybody they had that was any good. Where's the list why of guys they, they that, traded? Because they stink. That's why. Yeah, but like, you just won a World Series like two years ago. You you gave up a 27 year old shortstop in his prime who's under contract. They yeah they really did kind of just throw in the towel. I mean. All right, Tom. Fuck it. You, I'll throw my two units down. Is that what you want to hear? I think you have to. Jan, they gave up Gomez, their catcher. They gave up Josh Harrison, their second baseman. They gave up Lester, who is fine. He's not even that good anyway, but they give up Lester. Who else did they trade? Where's the list of guys they traded? They literally traded five players and just no, gave they, away They got the rid of Schwarber. They gave up Schwarber? How can I forget Schwarber? Who got Schwarber, by the way? I think the Red Sox, maybe? Uh, I can find. I can't remember. There were too many trades for me to keep up with. The only thing I will say, Tom, and I think this is a really interesting note. I I have a buddy who's a like a huge Yankee fan. When I tell you, like die hard, die hard, doesn't miss an inning, doesn't miss a pitch. He's a he brought something really interesting up, and that was when a lot of the stars for the Yankees were out a couple weeks ago. They had all their young guns come up. And they started scoring runs. The Yankees were getting blanked for like a month straight, weren't scoring. Guys are out. The youngins come up. All of a sudden, they're scoring runs. They're playing defense. And they're scrapping their way to wins. I do feel like there is an element of the hungry dog runs faster. And when some of these kids get their opportunity to come up, I'm not saying you're going to see production like you saw with some of those big names that the, the Nationals got rid of. But don't be surprised when people, you know, these unknown players really do try to come up and capitalize on this opportunity. Um, but nonetheless, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a two unit play with you, Tom. Um, I'll I'll lock it in. I'm very uneasy about it, but I trust you. You've earned my trust this season, so we'll we'll lock it in. How could you ever want to back the Nationals as a plus one hundred five dog when I they don't. just got rid of everyone? I don't want to back the Nationals. I want nothing to do with this game, truthfully. (laughs) I look at the pitching matchup. I look at the Phillies, who, in my opinion, are just like the worst team to bet on in the world. They they lose the games they're supposed to win. They win the games they're supposed to lose. They're a fucking shit show, the Phillies. But you've earned the trust of me, Tom. So if 
if you see something here that says not only do I like this, but I'm I'm doubling my bet, let's ride. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, and it's tough. Plus, to, I can roast you tomorrow if they lose. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. Anytime I put it, I don't think I've lost a two-unit play this season. I think I'm like you are three and six and zero oh. oh in two-unit oh. plays. I have it on the board. Six and zero oh on two-unit plays. Oh my gosh! I wish I didn't know that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, Tom. There's a. It means something when when you throw that that two-unit play out. So, but I do think the Phillies are a good play tonight. The price is right. The line, and here's the thing about divisional dogs, Ricky, is that divisional dogs are only as good as the line movement makes them. So if there's no line movement suggesting that the divisional home divisional dog is a good play, it really weakens the argument. You need that home divisional dog with a line move in their favor. Yeah, that that's something that I've been really looking at too with my own betting. I had I had a great weekend betting baseball, Tom. I didn't put any plays up for steady picks. Rightfully so. You know, I like rocking with the steady picks plays and your plays more than mine, but I had a great weekend. Uh, maybe maybe I'll get back out there this week. Start rolling there we some go. plays again. That's what I like to hear. Not today though. I don't I don't like the board today. I, I trust you today. We'll we'll rock with these two. So that's two plays for me. We got the Mariners. First five plus 140 on there. And then we have the Phillies, two units, minus 120 is the best number that I could find. Uh, minus 125 is what I got it at, actually. So minus 125, Ricky, put that down. All right. That's the target line. And that line's hopping. So definitely put that in. All right, there you have it, Tom. Two plays, three units on the line. Six and O streak on the line. I like it. All right. It. Streaks are meant to be uh, extended. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky, NFL, we got a little bit of news to cover with here with the last little bit of the show. What do you got for us in the NFL? So good old Carson Wentz. Fragile boy, trash can boy, Carson Wentz. Already, Tom, on the injury report, it's looking to be a somewhat serious foot injury. He's out indefinitely. Um, He's going to be evaluated by some team doctors this week. Definitely will miss the remainder of the preseason. Likely to miss some regular season time as well. Tom, this guy Carson finds a way to fuck the city of Philadelphia being on another team. And here's why. The trade for Carson, Tom. Do you remember what it was? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We need him to be good. So here's the thing. we More than we need him to be good, we need him to play. We just need him to play. So the way that the remainder of this trade works is right now – this year's pick that was involved in the Carson Wentz trade is a third-round pick that the Colts are sending to the Eagles. If Carson Wentz plays 70% of the snaps and the Colts make the playoffs, that becomes a first-round pick. The third-round pick becomes a first-round pick. If Carson Wentz plays 75% of the snaps and they don't make the playoffs, 
that pick still becomes a first-round pick. Now, here's the issue with this, Tom. If Carson Wentz is going to miss potentially six to eight weeks, which is being rumored out there at, at a, like a longer timetable, maybe sooner, that is immediately a third-round pick because he can't qualify for the 70% missing six games. So this guy, Tom, we pretty much gave him away for a second and a third-round pick. He, he goes and gets hurt. I mean, that's all he was worth. Let's be honest. It, that's all he was worth. It's just bullshit, though. Like, because everyone was saying the reason do... the Eagles had a leg up in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes and things like that is because they were kind of banking on that third round pick being a first round pick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were. And it's a shame. I don't like the structure of that deal. I don't either. I mean, I get it. That's literally the only way that you could move Carson Wentz. Like, let's be honest. There's a reason why it's like that, and that's because they weren't going to move him any other way. They had to do set up a deal that like involves some sort of risk, where maybe they they're big fat losers with egg on their face at the end of the season. But this is what. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Tom. No, no, but they just, you know. They, need to, they, they had to set it up that way. Yeah. What pisses me off, Tom, is that this is setting up for Carson to not play 70% of the games. He'll probably come back midseason. They'll make the playoffs behind him. He'll have a good second half of the year. The Eagles will get fucked and get the, the third-round pick. But guess who the, the Colts are uh, exploring right now because of this injury, which I find to be hilarious. Who's that? Good old Nick Foles <laughs> from the Bears. Third string over there, Tom. People forget. Yeah, Carson Wentz was very good with Frank Reich, but Nick Foles won a Super Bowl with Frank Reich and played out of his mind. So could you imagine if good old St. Nick came and uh, rained on Carson's parade again and just kind of like followed him back over there? That would be absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. That That's just... For Carson Wentz, like that's just got to make you cry at night. That's one of those kind of things. <laughs> Have that happen again? When I said, why would the Colts not just? Uh, if I was the Colts organization, I'd probably send pay somebody on the black market to go out and just uh, step on Wentz's ankle a little bit before the season starts. Get him to uh, miss a few games, and then your trade is a real big winner for you. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, Tom. Like, Something's a little sense. fishy here because. It's setting up for him to play just under 70% of snaps. Yeah, and, it just seems too fishy. And there's no way, you know. You know like, even if I'm you don't even have to actually go out and hurt him, just like, can you, is there any regulation just saying a guy's hurt? Sorry, you can't play? Yeah, that's true. I'm sure I they could know. technically uh, just not play him, but. You just wonder. It's it's just interesting because you wonder. The team's clearly good enough to roll with or without Wentz. They're a complete football team, the Colts. So we'll see how it plays out. But, again, this guy finds a way to, to hurt Philly from across uh, in, in a different state on a different team. He's still a headache for us. <laughs> yeah, he's an, uh, he's an interesting one. Uh, one that we won't forget soon, I believe. <laughs> 
No, we won't. Uh, Ricky, tennis has been rolling along nicely. I don't have any tennis plays today, but I've been keeping an eye on it. We are going to have some tennis plays here this week. All right. How's that make you feel? <laughs> so, tennis, Tom, I what, – what bet did I put in? I put in a bet that lost um, – I think it was on Joe Kick or something to win. He got upset, but I just don't know tennis, which is the main reason I don't. Uh, I don't get too excited with the the tennis bets. But you've been doing well, right? Solid enough. Solid enough. I'm very selective with the tennis plays, so you don't get a lot of them. But uh, good enough. We're doing. Oh yeah, and I'm just reading something here. Some breaking news on Wentz. He's opting for rehab over immediate surgery. So if he got the surgery, he'd definitely be missing like half the year. He's he's avoiding that route. He's going to try to rehab it, miss less time. Um, but yeah, Tom. Yeah, I don't know. That's just, I don't know. Crazy stuff, crazy stuff. What else you got for us today, Ricky? You got any any baseball, any football future, anything else to share with us before we wrap this up? You know what? I'm going to be diving into the NFL futures market and the college football futures market on the show this week. Probably tomorrow we'll dive into some college, Tom. I've been studying my ass off on some of these college futures bets. So I'll come prepared tomorrow to uh, to make some of those bets on the show. And... uh We'll roll with that. Perfect. Perfect. I uh, will continue rolling along with baseball as I ever have. Um, I've been working on a, a, a big spreadsheet for the for the NFL. Uh, a model, if you will. It's very hard to model the NFL, but uh, I've been I've been grinding away on this spreadsheet that I'll share with all of you uh, sometime this week. Kind of walk you through what categories I selected to to work into it um, and some of my reasoning for that. So we'll get to that this week, no doubt. Love it. Ricky, Can't wait. It's been Wake Up and Wager. Thanks so much for, for being on the show this morning. SteadyPicks.com, SteadyPicks Radio, Wake Up and Wager. Good luck today. Two units, Phillies, baby. Let's go.